Super Talk Mississippi media production. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the stories straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes, baby. In a Mississippi Minute. That's right. Welcome to the Mississippi Minute. I'm Steve Azar, reminding you all to uh, just, you know, follow state guidelines during these trying times. Uh, we're going to come out of this. Uh, Better and stronger than ever, a Mississippi way. There's certainly many wonderful things to do close to home right here. Just go to visit Mississippi.org to find out all those things. So many, so many. All right, today is more on women in business. I dig what they do. And man, do I dig today's guest. We're talking style, lifestyle, influencer, a very talented award-winning writer and editor, and the one we always go to for a specialty cocktail creation, period. We're going to get into that. That's a lot of fun. Her latest venture, her all-in lifestyle brand, Milk Punch, is on a roll. So let's bring her on to the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. Someone that knows all about doing that and more. And I'm talking the land of creativity, where it's all born and raised here in the Delta. She represents it all, exudes it all. My dear friend, Melissa Townsend. Hey, Steve. I'm so flattered. We've had a lot of fun together, but bless your heart. Every time the Azars have something going on, we call you and you have to go to work. <laughs> no, I know. Well, it's, it's a labor of love. We're always there, Steve, for you and Gwen. Oh, I know, I know you are. Well, all right. So, you know, when I think of the arts, and I don't know if you think of yourself in that regard, because we, you, you obviously have spent a lot of time uh, as a writer and editor and, you know, just the commonplace, common... Uh, the word, you know, whatever we see as the art. So maybe it's it's Lee McCarty, uh, it's uh, it's musicians, it's potters, it's painters. You know what I mean? It's it's writers, right? But when I see you and I see everything that you represent, I see you as a true art form of our Delta. I mean, do you ever see yourself in that regard? You know, sometimes. I mean, usually I typically think of myself as more of a curator. Um, I definitely have that creative side, or I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. But I feel like I'm sort of a talent scout in a way, where I can spot, you know, the difference between a really good artist and a passionate artist, um, be it music or, um, you know, visual art. And uh, so I, you know, I kind of see myself maybe modestly as a curator, but then again, I do create um, every day. I love it. We're talking to Melissa Townsend. All right, go back. I want to understand your wonder years in Greenwood. I want to know why you chose Indianola Academy over Pillow. <laughs> and then, and we're not going to spend a lot of time on that. And then I want to know how your journey wound up in Chicago. And were you far away from where you are now as far as being able to uh, explore your that creative side we're talking about? 
Well, I was born in Greenwood, so I actually grew up in Indianola. My father's family is from Indianola. My mother's family is from Leland. And uh, my grandparents are not too far from there either. So we're uh, many generations back Delta families. Right. Um, but so I just I put my birthplace in Greenwood because I just love that. You know, um, I'm proud of Greenwood and Greenville and Indianola all the same. But so, yes, I grew up going to, of course, uh, Indianola Academy and had a wonderful um, educational experience, uh, particularly with my English background, I always say when asked. Um, I feel like it just um, really provided me a strong background with what I would end up doing for the rest of my life that I really had no idea at the time. And um, also with journalism, we have a really fine um, local paper there called the Enterprise Toxin. I was really close friends with um, the daughter of the publisher, and we just kind of grew up hanging around the newspaper office, and I did some little freelance work for them in uh, high school. And then, you know, went to the University of Mississippi. Uh, my father went to Ole Miss, and I wound up going, <clears throat> excuse me, to, uh, I wound up majoring in journalism. I had a uh, basically a liberal arts degree and had no clue what I wanted to do after that. Uh, my sister was living in Chicago at the time, and we're talking 1994 when the, you know, I didn't even have an email account right. at Ole Miss, hard right. to believe. <laughs> right? Well, I remember. I took a class. <laughs> I'm crazy enough, I took a class at Ole Miss called the Internet Super Information Highway, and we would sit and listen to these long talks on NPR about the Internet, the Super Information Highway. We'd never, we'd never even been on it, but we were. It was just the cusp of everything, um, you know, exploding digitally and online. And then I decided to move to Chicago, where my sister was, because it was just an easy transition, and wound up landing my first real job, so to speak, at a local uh, a Chicago News and Arts Weekly. And it really was um, an incredible experience because, first of all, the alternative news weeklies were really hot back then, mm-hmm. and um, it was a mom-and-pop, uh, you know, husband-and-wife publishing team. And I really learned a lot about how, you know, small businesses tick and how advertising and journalism work together. It's very different now. Um, it was more church and state back then, but, um, you know, and I for a good story and how the business side was important to, um, you know, everything with, um, you know, your target audience and your readers and everything. So, but then I started learning a lot about the online space. Um, everything was really moving, um, to like city guides, like, you know, newyork.com and chicago.com. And our publisher was an entrepreneur and really saw this huge vision and, he wound up, um, I was promoted several times within the company, and he kind of pushed me into the online um, advertising space, which I really was clueless about. But if you can remember the banner ads, we called them banner ads that rotated across the top of the website. Yeah. You know, somebody was <laughs> somebody was selling those things, you know, just like you would sell a print ad in a newspaper. Uh, it's quite different now. What, what but, year are we uh, talking about there, Melissa? Around when? So now we're, you know, we're on the cusp of 2000 now. Okay, so and, we're, yeah, so I, I finally got, you know, I, I'm two years into writing songs on the computer at this point. <laughs> right. <laughs> Look, we can get to that later, but my whole life is fit with like my, my two hands in between my head going, oh my goodness, what yeah. am I doing? 
I always say in a lot of posts on social media that, you know, not having an IT department and being an entrepreneur is not fun. Wow, <laughs> you know? I know. I love it. It was like sort of like the Wild West. So I, I guess you could sort of screw up a little bit and it'd be okay because everybody was figuring it out back then. Okay, I interrupted you. Keep going. You're on, I love I love. No, no, story. no. It was definitely the Wild West. I, had, I didn't really know what I was doing, but then I, you know, I was learning a lot. I definitely had sort of, I had a strong uh, work ethic. You know, I didn't know that I had that. I just wanted to do a, a good job for, you know, my employer. And so I always did well, um, at, you know, as, as a result. So I went from that job. Then it was like the dot-com era just exploded. And um, I saw that, you know, a lot of my friends and coworkers were landing these huge jobs, you know, making six figures. And I was like, I want to do that. So I kind of... <laughs> Stepped out. Talk about the Wild West. I sort of stepped into basically a time bomb that exploded, and it was um, it was a really cool company. But it was it was simply it was a dot com that was backed by venture capital from these gigantic um, music uh, companies that they didn't you know here they are in the music industry with uh, BMG and Sony, and but they didn't know anything about uh, the internet. You know they they didn't know what they were doing either. And so um, they poured all this money into it. We were hired to basically go out and talk to advertising agencies and try to match, if you can imagine. We tried to match the ads with the type of genre that people listen to. So back uh, then, if you can remember, <laughs> it's yeah. kind of funny now because it it's so much more sophisticated. But back then, they, you, know, you would go to like a Yahoo.com or you would go to... Um, these different search engines. Now we just Google. You know, we didn't even know what that word was not even a verb that we used back then. And you would go and you might, you know, in your computer at home or your office might go to yahoo.com or one of those search engines and, and click on, go to the music section and play some blues. But basically, we did have some mild success, but it was a business model that did not work. It simply didn't work. So they pulled the plug on it. So then I was left with they had these things called pink slip parties, if anybody <laughs> remembers those, where literally I would go to these, I was in New York for training one time, and all my friends were like, well, we're going to this pink slip party because this.com went down, and so they're having a party. It was like a joke, and I literally went to pink slip parties, and then lo and behold, the same thing happened to me. So, yeah. pink slip you know, one day you're funny. on top of the world, and the next day you're like, whoa, I've got to pay my rent. But yeah. I really look back on that as a really a, a, a really life experience and kind of a learning experience. And I think a lot of people are experiencing the same situation right now during the pandemic and getting furloughed from their job. And it's sort of, yeah. you know, it's not necessarily, not necessarily your ego blow, but it's kind of like, whoa, this is real life. We're, we're Melissa Townsend. I'm having a blast just catching up. I'm, I love this show more than any reason because obviously we've known each other for a long time but i know so much about you even when i interviewed my dad and father-in-law so many things i, I missed growing up yeah i love it so this has been enlightening so far go to visit mississippi.org to find out all the wonderful things you can do right here so close to home a short drive wear your face mask keep your hands clean you're in the keep mississippi beautiful studio with my beautiful pal melissa townsend we'll be right back In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I've got Melissa Townsend, Milk Punch, creator, founder. We're going to really dig into what 
that is and then where the epiphany and inspiration came from uh, you're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio as always and Melissa and I are, are strong believers in keeping your surroundings as beautiful as possible so we can enjoy the rich history and culture uh, as pure as we can so pay attention to that go to visit Mississippi.org to find out everything cool you can do uh, museums right Indianola where Melissa grew up. We got the B.B. King Museum right there in Leland, where part of her family was from. Jim Henson, the Muppets. I mean, come on. What do you got? Anyway, all right, Melissa. So you're in Chicago, the pink slip parties, all of that. How long do you stay there before you move back? Well, shortly after that, 9-11 hit. And, of course, we could, we each have our story about where we were when that happened. And I had I was laid off at the time. But shortly after that, I found another position through a Mississippi Connection you know, it, it's kind of funny when I first got out of college and wanted to, I wanted to kind of prove myself. I mean, you know, my parents kept saying, well, who do we know? And I'm like, what do you mean, who do we know? I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to do this on my own. And, you know, later in life, you would kind of, especially when you move back to Mississippi or even then in Chicago, your connections really do help you. And so I, uh, Mississippi's always kind of pulled through for me. But I landed a job with a very, very corporate media job. Uh, with ABC, and it was the ABC cable network. They uh, Disney had just been bought out by ABC. Mm-hmm. And um, so essentially I was representing the Disney Channel and couldn't even tell you, uh, you know, Winnie the Pooh from Tigger. I had no idea uh, of what I was doing and with the content or with the uh, cable. Uh, cable was just something I had no experience with, but it it was a year. I spent only a year there before... I would end up eventually, uh, a boy from Mississippi would end up convincing me to move back to, uh, to Mississippi. And, um, you know, I didn't want to go. Honestly, I was like, I love the city. I love Chicago. It was my heart. But I look back on my last job there as a great experience because of some of that structure that's really not me. I mean, I'm much more of a creative person, and I'm not a, I'm not a rule follower. I don't really love, you know, to be too structured, but... It showed me that in um, business and in what would, what I would end up doing next would be, you know, you have to have some structure and you have to, sometimes you have to fill out a form and sometimes you have to put them in a file folder, you know? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so to speak, and I had, I made some great connections there, of course, and um, and learned about, I guess, this is really the bigger media world. Um, anyway, it was pretty exciting, but uh, never say never. Then I moved back to little old Mississippi from Chicago to Belzona, Mississippi. Yeah. It reminds me of when you were talking about sort of your mom and pop now. Guarantee Bank's no mom and pop anymore, but it still has the has that backbone of being the feeling of that, right? Because it's grown so much, but it still feels like home. And you talked about you, you, you wanted to work so hard, but you probably worked harder for, the, for that, uh, that, that mom and pop team than you ever worked because you appreciated them so much. And that's what our friends, you know, that's what the Townsends do. Your family does. So you get to come home and be a part of something that was created back, well, as my song in Midnight, I guess. Was Midnight the first bank, or was it was it Belzona? Uh, Belzona. Belzona and Hollandale. All right, so, Melissa, so you come home, and and so tell me your first journey. You spent a lot of time writing and becoming an editor, uh, and what was that experience like? Yeah, so I um, ended up right place, right time. I was soul-searching, trying to figure out what in the world am I going to do with my creative self in the Mississippi Delta, having moved back from Chicago. And uh, Delta Magazine was about to launch um, about a couple of months 
I met the publisher there and was hired and jumped in head first and spent would spend the next almost 14 years of my life in the Mississippi Delta being the editor-in-chief of a regional magazine, exploring the the Delta region, um, you know, I always say, um, finding where the body, <laughs> where the bodies were buried, literally and figuratively. I stayed on the phone a lot. I mean, I would call, um, you know, I just pound the phones, calling different people of all age groups, trying to, you know, it was like detective work almost. Doing a lot, we did a lot of history stories. Yeah. Of course, a lot of um, entertaining, which, for which the uh, region is known, hospitality, food and drink. Um, of course, is in it. That's one of my favorite things. I love to cook and recipes, and we published a cookbook. I don't know. I had the time of my life. It was really exciting and met lots of interesting people. Uh, of course, in the arts, it was, you know, it, you could almost say it was a lifestyle uh, magazine, but it it was, was. it's almost yeah. a, a lot about uh, the arts, you know, um, even though it was not just about the arts, you know. So I uh, met a lot. You could, you know, come through my house and see a lot of uh, my artwork is a reflection of that. Um, I love Mississippi artists and, um, you know, my love for B.B. King, uh, met B.B. Yeah. several times. I have a kind of a funny B.B. story, maybe. Let me, uh, let me hear it. Sure. We, uh, so we had a photo shoot to put B.B. King on the cover. I guess it was circa, ooh, 2008, maybe. And the B.B. King Museum was just being built. And, I mean, there was dirt around the museum. It was that brick structure of the cotton gin in Indianola, but there was, there were, there was no landscaping or anything. But working ahead of your deadline, you know, B.B. was going to be in town for the B.B. Uh, King um, Homecoming Festival, and he was coming from Valley, and he was going to be – Alan Hammonds from Greenwood helped set it up for me. And we knew he was going to be coming through Indianola at you know, a certain time, but he's notoriously late. He was always known to be notoriously late. So my photographer and I, who came from Memphis, sat and camped out in front of the, the museum. <laughs> oh, my goodness. At least, I don't know, three or four hours at least. And it was like, it was July. It was, it was this month. So it was like 100 degrees. And we waited and waited and waited. And we, he finally showed up. And there were construction workers with their hard hats, and they were taking their hard hats off. And, you know, he was signing B.B. King on their hard hats. He was so amazingly generous and humble like he always was. And then he was to be, we, we took our, I mean, we took our shot in, like, it was the quickest cover shoot of all time because it was, like, it, less than five minutes. It was click, hope you got the shot, done. <laughs> and then um, Alan said, Melissa, would you mind doing the honors of driving B.B. to across to the uh, little theater, our little Mid-Delta Arts uh, Association Theater there. I mean, it was like half a block, and I said, sure, but I was absolutely panicked, because anyone that knows me knows I have the messiest car on earth. <laughs> so I had, I mean, I was tossing, you know, cans and bottles and stuff, throwing them in the back, just trying to even, like, clear a path for, for you know, the King of the Blues and his gigantic yeah, bodyguard. Yeah. His new throne, <laughs> too, oh, in the passenger seat yeah. of your car, right. <laughs> oh, Oh, my goodness. I was, like, humiliated and freaked out and, you know, <laughs> excited all at the same time. And so B.B. sat in the front, of course. His bodyguard got in the back after he, you know, moved the chicken bones over or whatever was in the back seat. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we're driving. <laughs> and he looks, you know, I don't know, I said something nervously. And he said, he looked over at me and just sweet as serious could be and said, as if, you know, we were lifelong, long-lost friends. And he said, have I ever told you that you have the face of an angel? <laughs> wow. I mean, B.B. was, I was just like, B.B. was just, you know, he, you know, he had, what, you know, lots of children. He was known as a charming man and loved the ladies, and uh, I'm sure he said that line to 
many, many, many women over the years, but I will never forget that. Wow. And uh, I, I have lots of pictures from that day of him in my car, uh, you know, oh, Lord, it was crazy. But anyway, I do have a love for B.B., and I sit on the uh, board of the B.B. King Museum for almost a decade now, I think, uh, off and on. And you're still, yeah, and, so you're coming back and forth. That's one, and you're on the Grammy Museum board as well, and uh, at the the uh, Guild, you and Gwen are on the, what is it called, the right. Red Carpet Guild, right? The Red, yeah, Red Carpet Guild. We are an extension of the bigger executive board where we are a ladies' board that we help uh we basically were fundraisers, and we helped plan, you know, snazzy events to support the uh, fundraising efforts of the museum. And we're working on something right now. We had a Zoom call yesterday about planning a virtual a virtual event, much like you did, Steve, uh, a couple yeah, of months for the ago. Yeah, right. For, right. For Delta Soul. And um, I really think right now in um, the times that we're dealing with, um, I think what's real important to remember, like, you know, my first thing I thought about when all this hit was, like, we need to support the restaurants. You know, we've got to help these, these local chefs, and we need to port, support our local retailers and, you know, buy something from them, you know, whether it's through a text or whatever. But we really need to remember our museums, too, in Mississippi, because I can tell you right now, I know we all get grants to keep these museums flowing and going, but they, they, they're missing a lot of funds that they would have had yeah. otherwise from tours coming through. And um, so we need to all keep that in mind in Mississippi to, you know, whatever it is between now and the end of the year to support our museum. Right. The arts are getting hammered right now. It's just what happens. I mean, it's just part of the And there's a lot of, lot of uh, right. uh, jobs in, the, in our country being hammered right now. We know that. So we're part of that. And you're right. right. And I love that. Here's the bottom line. You do have a face of an angel, but you got a strength of a soldier and you've got the mind of a scholar. That's what you got. You got it all. Oh, and you know what I mean? So I you do. It. You do. You do. So, all right, we're talking to Melissa Townsend, everybody. Oh she gets to play DJ right now. Melissa. We are the birthplace of American music. You could have left home and gone to Chicago, where Muddy Waters left home and went to Chicago, etc. Buddy guy, not not too far from Natchez and all that. Okay, but you get to play DJ. Would you like to hear Cedric Burnside or R.L. Burnside? Ooh, that's easy for me because I love Tomorrow Burnside. Wow, Cedric, don't don't break your heart. It's your grandfather. It's going to be all right. We're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio with Melissa Townsend, Milk Punch. You got to check it out. We're going to figure. It, we're going to talk a lot about that in the next uh, segment and a half, as well as we've gotten to know this wonderful, wonderful lady, uh, Delta Treasure. Uh, go to visit Mississippi.org to find out everything cool you can do right here. I'm Steve Azar. You're in Mississippi now. Yeah, but why? I just went on tour. She asked me why. I just went on tour. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I've got Melissa Townsend on the phone in the Keep Mississippi Business Studio. It's a perfect day for me. Go to visit Mississippi.org. She's a big part of all of these things. The Grammy Museum, the B.B. King Museum, so many things that she contributes her knowledge and heart and soul and time into making sure uh, that they continue to lift up our Delta and for people from all over the world to come visit our history and culture and explore it further. Uh, Melissa? All right, let's talk about Milk Punch because, uh, you know, it's a perfect fit for me knowing you 
Okay, so just understanding, sort of just watching you with this lifestyle brand. And as the word influencer has become something uh, that is hot, you know what I mean? And then there's all these avenues to between Instagram and now there's TikTok and there's, you know, I mean, there's so many ways of getting your brand out there, but there's so much traffic. So first of Mm -hmm. all, where does the idea come? I mean, like the actual idea in the name and then... Tell me about the brand and how people can check it out and, and all that. And then how do you make your way through and wade through all of the traffic and make yourself seen and known? Right. So I was doing a lot of soul searching after I uh, left the regional magazine and took a, took a nice deep breath and had the support of a lot of people to say, you know what, you've worked and you're, you're exhausted. Why don't you take a break? So I did some traveling with my husband and, um, you know, just, just literally took a deep breath for a year or so. And, um, you know, people kept asking me to do, uh, marketing for their businesses. And I, and I did, I, I started a little, little company there for a little while that I still kind of have as a side hustle because I still have clients that I do work for, but I decided that, you know, I don't know that I could probably make this really work really well, but I kind of want to, you know, I need to spend my time doing something for my own brand. And what is that brand going to be? So um, finally, I decided to hire someone to help me figure that out. So I hired a marketing firm, and we went through a whole naming process first, you know, with like, okay, what is this brand going to be about? How deep are we going to go? I didn't want it to be just about cocktails because life is not always a cocktail you know I wanted to be I decided to target women whereas before in uh you know I had been uh it was you know men and women so Mm -hmm. that was a little different for me believe it or not as maybe girly as I may seem sometimes you know I, I had never really thought about that so I ended up um we ended up with coming up with the name Milk Punch and because of it being, um, it, you know, it represents so many different things. It's like, yes, it's the name of a classic cocktail, but it's a classic cocktail. And it's also punchy and, like, edgy and fun, you know, and it, it sort of pops. So there was a lot of ways, you know, and, the, and a lot of things, ways that you can take that name and do something with, um, not just the name of uh, an Instagram account or a website, but, like, you know, parlay it into a really a big lifestyle brand that's called Milk Punch. So... Um, ran with that and um, went through the whole process of designing a, a highly sophisticated website, not just like one that I could just, you know, queue up myself and insert colors. And um, it was that was to me that was a very interesting process to go through to choose a very specific color tone, which went, you know, funny enough, I went with like bold magenta, which represents the bold side of what of me or what this brand's going to be about, and then like a classic navy that really, in a way, represents some of your traditional Mississippi roots. Um, And then a soft pink thrown in there that's just a little feminine side. So that was really fun to do. And then um, I decided that I wanted it to be not just about me. You know, am I an influencer? You could say that I am in many ways. Absolutely are. Absolutely. Well, thank you. I I didn't necessarily go just that route where I'm like, okay, people are going to pay me to wear their blouse. I just, I just didn't, you know, necessarily want to go that route. So, you know, sometimes you feel silly. And so I wanted to be a little smarter, maybe, um, you know, I could do some things like that from time to time, but um, I wanted to have, I wanted there to be a little journalism thrown in there too, where I could shine the light on other people. 
I could shine the light on other women and say, hey, this is, you know, this is about her style. You know, th- you know, you see enough about me and my style and how I like, you know, button-down shirts and collars and sparkly boots, but let's talk to this person, you know, so much like you do on your show. So, um, you know, I had to decide what are the pillars of my content, and the pillars of the content are food and drink, and much of the food is um, on this website and through this lifestyle brand is entertaining, you know, uh, my husband and I cook all the time, but a lot of it at this point has been, like, you know, things because I feel like there's a big um, gap of, like, I don't know what to bring to the party or the dips and that sort of thing. So I do a lot of um, entertaining Boy, type. If you don't know what to bring to the party, we're all in trouble. That's all I got to say. Because <laughs> we're, we're always calling you. We call you so much. It's crazy. And I know you're going, like, oh, my God. Because we're not the only ones that's calling. That's why this makes so much sense to me. Oh, I love you. Well, no, I mean it. I think it's a lot of your growing up, first of all. And I'm interrupted, but I'm going to let you get back to it. But I do think it has a lot to do with how you were raised. And, and then you, your love, uh, you and Hugh love to be in the kitchen. We love to be in the kitchen. We've seen the impact it's made on our kids, especially Cecilia. She's actually interning for Cat Cora right now. She's been interning all summer. Wow. Was supposed to be with her. And then it obviously can't, but doing it virtually is killing her. But, but that's just so cool because we know the impact look when you get in the kitchen it 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 encompasses so much but that's the time the cooking time i I keep saying this and my listeners are going to go shut up steve but the truth is the cooking time is the time that real conversation is had that's that's deep and and that has substance to it when you're eating you're eating at a a different speed you don't eat the same speed right one of you is faster than the other and this and that but it's that prep time that creativity the sound of the onions and garlic hitting the skillet you're right the holy trinity going down Uh, you know what i'm saying right so i love it anyway we call you we call you a lot (laughs) i love it i'm more of a sous chef i'm very precise about my cutting and this and that and the other but Really, for Hugh and I and our friends, we love dinner parties, and we love to sit down. I set the table almost every single night. I mean, some other people think that's crazy. They'll sit in front of the TV, and we have I have lots of placemats and napkins and, and flatware. Mm-hmm. We set the table every single night. So for us, we do love the process of cooking and uh, everything, but to me, um, it's really more about us sitting down and having that time to relax at the end of the day and share a meal together and right. with the cocktails right. with the cocktails there's a lot of technique also uh really more so i you know wanted to i want to teach it's not just women but women and men but mostly women you know it's not i didn't want it to be like oh let's let's drink too much or let's drink you know it's about drinking well it's about knowing not when you say tequila that might sound like um you know that you, you conjure up some images of you know Shots of tequila in college they don't, they don't yeah. sound too positive. And regret. And pretty, you, know? you conjure up regret. Uh, <laughs> oh, you conjure up regret, big time. And headaches. Um, but I want to teach, you know, and talk about and explore um, the art of the cocktail, the history of the cocktail, and the technique of how this, you know, you know, why people always come to me and they say, but I just want a three-ingredient cocktail you can, you know, stir in a pitcher. And I'm like, well then you're going to get a cocktail, a three-ingredient cocktail. You can stir in a pitcher. There are some of those, but you're going to have to squeeze a lot of limes, and, you know, you're right. going to get only, you're only going to get this product. You're only going to get this result. But if you want, and that's fine and great. Like, I do a lot of things like that, too, especially sangrias that are easy. But um, 
I want to teach women and people how to make a fresh shaken margarita. That's what I've been making all summer, and it is three ingredients actually. Uh, if, if you do a skinny margarita, and but all the measurement, you know, measuring it out, your your very specific specs, um, and then you just shake it, which takes two seconds, and then you strain it, and you know, just to that when people, um, and I probably share it more with my friends than I do with Milk Punch followers uh, because it's just, you know, you have to show up. I mean, Steve, like you, you're up and at them every day and you're showing up, but it's hard sometimes to, you know, be on camera or be in a photograph. Um, it's almost easier Awful. just to, like, share, <laughs> share with your friends. It's a lot yeah, easier, yeah, you know? Yeah. Well, let me tell you, your, your cocktails are scientific, but they tell a story. Just like everything it. you do. So that's part of Milk Punch. We're going to take a quick break, uh, head down our last segment of uh, a Mississippi Highway with uh, Melissa Townsend. Go to visit Mississippi.org, everybody. I'm telling you, you won't believe what's there. Blues trails, country trails. Uh, I'm on a country trail. 32, number 32 here in Greenville in front of Jim's Cafe. You can go in and tell Evelyn and Catherine I said hello. Have a great meal. Buy some sauce. Hot sauce is incredible. You're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio with my pal Melissa Townsend. Milk Punch. We'll be right back. Most of the time. Humble beginnings all the way back to 1943. Guarantee Bank has grown from offering the basic banking services and products to serving customers with a comprehensive, complete line of expertise and products only expected at much larger institutions. We are proud to be your local big-time bank. So when you're looking for a bank you can truly depend on and trust, and like me so many years ago trying to find my way around, let Guarantee Bank with its 17 convenient locations help you on your journey and become a wonderful addition to your family like they have mine for over 30 years. Guarantee Bank, member FDIC. The news doesn't sleep, and neither do we. Fox News Radio, late breaking, up to the minute, from around the world, around the clock, here on Super Talk Mississippi. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. As I roll down Mississippi Highway, going to Belzone, but all parts of the Delta with Melissa Townsend of Milk Punch. Her last wonderfully uh, creative thing and being to go through that mind and soul and heart of hers and it is out there rocking and rolling um and you got to go check it out so milkpunch.com is that right melissa actually it is milkpunchmedia.com okay milkpunchmedia.com milkpunchmedia.com check it out go to visit mississippi.org it's probably there if it's not it's going to be there uh and also you're in the keep mississippi beautiful studio as always all right so melissa Coming back home to the Delta full circle for me, it felt so different to me. And as much as I was writing about it from afar, you know, uh, after leaving, when I came home, it, it, it wasn't 
uh, I, I'm trying to, I just got to tell you, I was more inspired, I guess, the best way to say it. And oh, I never, goodness, yeah. you, you, know, you know what I'm saying? So when you move back full circle and you've come back there and it wasn't something you necessarily anticipated. Do you love the city of Chicago? I, I get it. I love Nashville in a lot of ways. Uh, but home is home. And as you came here and, and settled in, what did it feel like to you? You know, I could get emotional talking about that, Steve, because I, you know, I, while in Chicago many years ago now, but I would follow follow the writers and the literature, like Larry Brown and Willie Morris, and my parents would clip out things from the newspaper and say, you know, about Craig Claiborne died and, you know, a national food critic that was from my little hometown. Like, I always had this appreciation for it, but I didn't realize how much of, what of Mississippi was in me until I moved back, and I would, mm-hmm. you know, drive through the little downtown. This is 20 years ago now, but I would drive through and just go, "Oh my goodness, this is so cute and so quaint." And I began to really appreciate. You know, you look at it through a different set of glasses all, all over again. It was incredible, and yet it's all it was in you. You just didn't know it, you know, because you're you just left and moved away, and in many ways you were fighting. Yeah, I didn't want to be that Southern girl for a while. You know, they were like, you're that blonde Southern girl. And I'm like, no, I'm going to dye my hair red and I'm going to change my accent because I didn't, want to, I didn't want to be that girl, you know. And then many years later, you embrace it. You're like, wait, that's why they love me. You know, I am, that's who yeah. I am. And yeah. so, and of course, your family, when you have family in Mississippi, that's, of course, that's everything. And so, uh, I mean, you and I have talked about many times, should we move here? Should we do this? Should we do that? And we just... We stay in our little town that's really a, you know, less than 2,000 people population, and we, we find things that we love about it. And really, during the, the quarantine, I actually kind of fell in love with my little, my little town all over again. There's, there's nothing there, hardly, really. We, we do employ people there um, through Guarantee Bank, and it has a few great little things that you can come, you know, see Winter Gardens. And, uh, yeah, which I wanted to bring that little, up, yeah. Worcester Gardens. Yeah, a few other things. Our girl Deidre putting us to work. (laughs) A few things that that put a pin on the map, but we don't have much. And um, but we know the people there, and so it you know becomes about the people. And um, you know, I during the the real lockdown quarantine that we had, I pulled my camera out and I would um, go and walk like we all did, and um, get out of the house and and take my camera, and you know the magnolias were blooming. And, you know, we all, we'll all look back on this later and think, what a beautiful spring we had. Like how, I mean, the, 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 the temperature was amazing and it was just beautiful. And I would go out and, you know, I was, became obsessed with all the magnolias blooming around. I know. Oh, our magnolia was on fire. It was so beautiful. Yeah. Oh, it was, it it really was, was, you know, just, you know, kind of a reset to your brain and your mind and, you know, appreciating the beauty around us. And, um, so you know, I'm, I don't know, I'm a Mississippi girl, you yeah, know, we love yeah. to go other places, we love to travel, um, but Mississippi will, that's who I am, and I'm proud of it now. Uh, I can't thank you enough for spending a Mississippi minute with me. It's been uh, it's been uh, awakening. I get I know you better than ever, and uh, I love I love your man Hugh and uh, everything that town the towns and family stands for. And uh, I'm proud to be, uh, you know, calling them uh, one of my presenting sponsors. My you know it's awesome to have them as that. And uh, anyway, so it's a blessing. And we've been with Melissa Towns, and you got to go to milkpunchmedia.com, sign up. 
and then Milk Punch Official is Instagram, but you can do that through the website. You'll get your newsletters every week. You'll get to know Melissa like we do, and uh, it's an awesome thing. Go to visitmississippi.org to find out everything that you can do right here in this fabulous, historically, culturally rock star state. Women in business, I dig what they do. Melissa Townsend represents all of that. I'm Steve Azar. I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. The news doesn't sleep, and neither do we. Fox News Radio, late breaking, up to the minute, from around the world, around the clock, here on Super Talk Mississippi. Humble beginnings all the way back to 1943. Guarantee Bank has grown from offering the basic banking services and products to serving customers with a comprehensive, complete line of expertise and products only expected at much larger institutions. We are proud to be your local big-time bank. So when you're looking for a bank you can truly depend on and trust, and like me so many years ago trying to find my way around, let Guarantee Bank with its 17 convenient locations, help you on your journey and become a wonderful addition to your family like they have mine for over 30 years. Guarantee Bank, member FDIC. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.